welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nittany Blues Podcast. This is the second of two bi-week podcasts that we are releasing this week. This one focuses on our mid-season report cards for the 2023 football season. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy. Obviously, with this being the bi-week, one thing that we started last season, which, I mean, I can't, you know, I imagine we'll probably just do this for every bi-week. Um, is midseason report card. So this is like a, a nice opportunity. It's a break for us to kind of take stock and look at the team and kind of say, okay, what, uh, how have they done so far? What, what are some things that they've done that we like? What are some things that they, uh, you know, we think that maybe they could improve on in the second half of the season? Um, so we'll just kind of break this down by like position group, by offense and defense and coaching and everything in between to kind of give our thoughts. So uh, Vince, are you ready to roll with this yeah let's do it I'll, I'll let you lead off all right sounds good so let's start off with the offense so um you know we'll we'll go like you know qb running back uh tight end the whole bit but the offense overall um on a you know typical grading scale how would you rate them for me i'm gonna have them Probably as low as an A minus as I can. Um, part of that, uh, they've ke- they've kept the streak alive of scoring in every quarter, uh, which I think is huge. And I I, I think it was thirty two consecutive quarters. So that's an impressive streak to keep going. And then also the offense hasn't had a turnover all year, so I really like that we haven't put our defense in short fields and put them in bad situations. So I really like that we're taking care of the football. Um, Obviously, some areas can be improved, like uh, Northwestern, for example. We did not run the ball well against the worst rushing defense in the Big Ten. So that wasn't ideal. But we also put up 31 points against Iowa. So definitely a little kind of hit and miss and inconsistencies with the offense. But there's been times where like Drew, Drew looked really good. Like Drew Aller looked really good against West Virginia. Uh, he did everything he needed to against Iowa. Um, really has done a nice job of just keeping keeping the ball out of harm's way. And if you were to tell me that Drew and the offense would have zero turnovers uh, through five weeks, I would be like, you are joking. Like something's going to happen. That never happens. So that's why for me, um, it's an A minus. They've been okay, but they've done the biggest things, which is uh, not turn the football over. So that, that definitely brings them up to an A for me. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So I have them at a, at a B plus for now. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I would like to put them at an A, but it's just for me, the, like the lack of consistency with, uh, running their game plan. It just, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, like takes me out of that a category. Um, obviously protecting the football is like a huge, huge plus. Um, you know, but I think like, you know, even though they're scoring 30 plus points in all these games, I think, you know, especially in the Northwestern and in the uh, Illinois game, like a good portion of that was because of like the opportunities that were created for them uh, by the defense, because, you know, I'm not I'm not so confident that if they had to start these drives like from the 20 to 15 or their 10 or something like that, that they would have, um, you know, as many points in some of those situations. So. You know, I, I just think like the the lack of consistency, um, kind of the lack of like explosive runs and stuff like that. It just, you know, like we'll we'll talk about this with the O line, but you know, kind of the lack of uh, like pass protection has been fine, but like run blocking has left a lot to be desired. So I have them at B plus. Yeah, and I think that's a very fair grade. Like if they had like one turnover, I would be automatically be down to a B plus. But the fact that that number was zero and, and not one. I think just speaks volumes and you, you are right. Like for me, like the 30 point um, 30 points every game for 12 consecutive games for me, that's a big deal. And I almost feel like it's a little bit of like a, a group project where like, 
uh, you know, the defense <laughs> kind of lifted up the offense a little bit, which yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if that's like fair grading, but like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you do group project and like, you don't know anything, but like you guys get the same grade and, and you start looking good. So, it, you know, it, it works yeah. out sometimes. So for me, exactly. that's kind of the, the scenario. They're just really fortunate that, that, that turnover number is zero. Yep. 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 Uh, all right. So uh, QB, what do you got? Uh, for Drew, I'm going to roll with a solid A. Uh, again, you have zero turnovers. Uh, he just makes the right decisions. I really like that. He doesn't try to be a hero. He goes through his progressions. He takes what's there. He's really good at extending the plays, which I think is is great. His eyes are always down the field. And I also love that, um, especially the last couple of weeks, they've been really efficient at running the quarterback sneak and not every team can do that. Um, you know, I know everyone's like, Oh, the play is so unfair. But when you look at the NFL, like the Eagles are really the only team that runs it. Like there's not that many teams that are like, Oh, it's third and one. We run it every time. Like I remember watching the bucks and they were just like chucking it up to Mike Evans when it was like second and goal from the one third and goal from the one. So for me, like, I really like that. Hey, we're able to get that yard. Um, you know, Drew's big, strong and physical. And, you know, we got uh, Tyler Warren and guys like that that can kind of give him a push, too. So I like that uh, Penn State is converting in those um, third and one, fourth and one situations. I think that's really important, especially when you're going to have uh, some games where you are going to be taking risk like against Ohio State and Michigan. Yep. No, good point. And uh, also, you know, one one thing that's funny about the brotherly shove, as, as it is now titled, which is infinitely better of a name than Tush Push. Um, mm-hmm. Other teams are trying to copy that now and they're not having the same success, which I think is awesome because the whole narrative around the play was just that like, oh, it's just like this magic get one yard every time play. Like, you know, it's like an unstoppable thing. Any team can do it. And then lo and behold, every team did try to do it. And only a small handful of teams can actually pull it off and nobody does it as well as the Eagles. So that's a little aside, but yeah. So for the, yeah. uh, for the QB, do, Hey, do you um, remember, do, do you remember when Sean Payton said he was going to run that every single play? If like, it, if they didn't reverse the role or something and now like guy, the Broncos, yeah. like the uh, Broncos are like terrible. They're, they're like one and three. He was supposed to fix everything. They barely beat like the bears the who bears. haven't, won a game since Elon Musk bought Twitter. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the team you beat. And it's like, all right, man, you know, you said you were going to run the QB sneak every time. Like, so go ahead, do it. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, for the QB, uh, Jesus QB, I have a minus, uh, Drew and crew stay in the A territory because they haven't turned the ball over. Um, that is, you know, priority number one. Um, still also in the A territory because, uh, you know, there's been times where he has been just like razor sharp with his accuracy. Um, you know, especially in a game like the one against Iowa, he was just like super um, efficient, like with his opportunities, especially in the red zone, tossing for touchdowns like that can't be overlooked. Uh, However, uh, the thing that has me kind of going down to the minus territory is his two road starts. And um, it's because, you know, they've looked a little shakier. Um, He hasn't looked as like comfortable and like as accurate and efficient. And obviously part of that is like due to like the opposing defensive line and like Penn State's offensive line and stuff like that. But I just haven't seen enough like in those two starts um, to kind of go into the flat A or A plus territory. Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a fair grade. We're we're kind of in the in the same ballpark, so n- no complaints for me. Uh, I, I think that is a good point. He definitely does have room for improvement, especially on the road. And hopefully, these uh, you know miscommunications and things can get cleaned up because uh, we got some big opponents on the horizon, especially uh, on the road, October twenty first. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so running backs, uh, Nick and Katron. Yeah, so running backs overall, I think I'm going to go. I think I might go a minus on this one. Um, Nick did have that one fumble on on the kickoff return, which was unfortunate. Um, there have, hasn't been uh, huge running. I, I think that's more from the offensive line than them. So, again, that might mm-hmm. almost be kind of a, a group project type grade where that's reflecting on them. Um, so. 
for me, I'm, I'm in that A minus territory. I think Trey Potts has kind of been a pleasant surprise. Uh, he, he looks really good, and I think you can give him a handful of snaps a game, uh, especially if it's a run heavy game, which I think this team really should be looking to go towards. And I really like when they do that, especially against Iowa and the effectiveness that had. So I'm going to go with uh, A minus. Uh, are you going to agree with me for the first time on this one? Yeah, that you're right on there. Uh, I also have a minus, um, you know, they haven't fumbled the ball or given away a fumble um, on offense. I mean, obviously on that kick return, there was the one, but yeah, I mean, like they haven't done anything to really like make you upset, but they also haven't done anything to necessarily wow you in the run game. Um, And, you know, I don't really like say that as like a fault against them because I mean, obviously there's so many other uh, pieces that have to work uh, to make the run game go. Uh, so, you know, I, I think a minus is like, you know, kind of right in that like middle ground of like, you know, it hasn't been like surpassing expectations, but it also hasn't been like a dumpster fire. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there. Uh, overall, good. You know, we got a lot of studs at the, the backfield and but there is room for improvement, uh, you know, especially when we come to those big runs and explosive plays. It definitely seems like there's a lot less compared to last year. Totally. Um, all right, so here's probably the most controversial one on the list, the offensive line. What do you got? So offensive line for me, I, I think the Northwestern game is really what hurt them the most. I would say I have them at a B plus. I think that the pass blocking has been a little bit better and that left side's pretty good. Uh, the right side definitely showing signs of uh, weakness with like Caden Wallace and and getting beat on the edge there. Uh, a few times. Uh, so, and then when you have guys like Katron and Nick, all you have to do is give them a little w- wiggle room because those guys are both so athletic. They both have great vision. And the fact that guys like that aren't getting like big explosive runs, uh, at least like a, like a couple of game, uh, it's a little, a little bit of a red flag for the offensive line. Uh, I'm looking for them to be, uh, tougher and more physical. Like that Iowa game it was great. Um, Iowa was trying to stop the run and they couldn't do it anyway. But the fact that we haven't been consistent, especially on the road, uh, for me, that's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, I think if the offensive line's playing well, um, you know, the whole team's going to do well. And I think Drew thrives off of that too when the run game can get gr- get going because then that opens up the passing game and you can do things like play action and that can. Uh, you know, get the defense off balance and, uh, you know, create more space for the wide receivers. So overall, I'm at a B plus. Um, I hope that they proved me wrong like last year, like last year, they really seemed to step up their game. So, um, you know, hopefully they'll do it again this year because I think I gave them a B plus last year as well. So uh, what do you have? Yeah, so I'm a little harsher. I have them at a at a B minus uh, because I think pass protection has been has been okay, uh, you know, throughout most of this season so far. Um, on the right side, things are still a little shaky. I, I'm you know I'm curious to know if they're going to kind of lock down or kind of uh, solidify that rotation a little bit now that we're getting into uh, the tougher half of the season here. Uh, but yeah, so I mean like pass protection has been, has been good, but not perfect. And then in run blocking, um, it's just been like so tough sledding. Um, and you know, when you're not getting like enough of a push that Nick Singleton is getting contacted like within one yard of the line of scrimmage on like most of his runs, like that's not going to cut it. You know, like I understand that, you know, it's kind of like a sleepy environment, early game, uh, 11 a.m local time kick sort of deal like it's the week before the buy so like your motivation might not all be there but it's like even with all those factors combined my opinion is that like the pedigree the coaching and the talent all those factors combined should be enough to overcome kind of like a lack of like or not like peak motivation to like win those battles so I have them at a B minus. Um, I'm kind of, I'm no, I guess I shouldn't say kind of, I'm definitely in the same boat as you where like, I, I'm hoping that, uh, they kind of take that next step over the, over this next like week and a half in the buy. Um, you know, there, there's no, there's not going to be any lack of motivation for the games moving forward. I mean, it's like, it's basically UMass is like kind of the primer and then it's like, it's into the gauntlet. So, you know, I think that, uh, it's kind of put up or shut up time for the offensive line, uh, 
come a couple of weeks when they go to the shoe. But yeah, so for right now, I have them at a B minus. So, you know, maybe, maybe a little harsher than uh, is warranted, but that's just where I'm at. Yeah. And I, I think for me, uh, Drew Aller, I don't think he's gotten sacked more than once per game. And I, I think, I think Drew Shelton should be the starter at right tackle. I, I think they'll do better if he's the starter. Um, so that gives me optimism. And then again, zero turnovers. Like that's kind of the thing that's like, for me, the offense is like kind of carrying their grade and lifting it up. Is that zero turnovers? It's like, that's a big thing I'm putting into my evaluation, uh, with the different positions. So yeah. So you're a little bit harsher than me, uh, on a lot of these grades. So it's kind of weird me being the, (laughs) yeah, the, the, uh, the, 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 maybe the optimist or, you know, the easy grader. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's fun. Cool. Uh, so now we have a group of studs. We got the tight ends. What do you got? Yeah, so tight ends. I'm I'm gonna go with. I think I'm just gonna go with an A. They they seem to do their jobs pretty well. Um, you haven't seen as much flashiness, but they they're just kind of quietly head down doing their jobs. They're blocking. They receive when opportunities are there, but we haven't seen any of like the big explosive plays. Uh, so for me, that's why I have them at an A. Yep. Yeah. I also have an A. Uh, they, they're doing their job. Uh, they're executing them very well. Uh, I think Tyler Warren is quietly turning himself into one of the best tight ends in college football right now. Uh, the guy is so effective at everything that, you know, he's involved in, whether it's, uh, you know, his, position in like the T formation or whether he's catching contested catches in the end zone or uh, being a key, p- a key piece in run blocking. Like the guy, the guy's everywhere. He does everything. Um, and you know, and that depth is, uh, is already there. I mean, we see guys like Khalil Dinkins out there making some tough catches as well. So, you know, I, you could just feel com- comfortable and confident with uh, all these guys. So yeah, I think just like straight a, yeah, I think Khalil Dinkins has really been a, a pleasant surprise this year. Like I was expecting, uh, Theo to be more of the receiving tight end and, and Tyler to be more of the blocking tight end and kind of seeing those two guys and that's about it. But it's really cool to kind of see. I feel like they have they, they're really balanced. Like I think Theo's done a pretty nice job in uh, run blocking as well as receiving. And then, you know, Tyler stepped up as a wide receiver. And then, you know, Khalil's kind of really shown off as well that he, he can be a, a threat in the passing game. So I think, uh, you know, those guys have done a pretty solid job and not enough for an A plus for me, but I, I think I have them at a, a solid A. Agreed. Uh, all right. So next group of pass catchers, we have the wide receivers. What is your grade? For me, I think I'm going to go. I think I'll go a minus. Um, you would like to see some more explosiveness down the field. However, I think a part of that might be a product of them just not you know, taking as many shots. Um, you've definitely seen Keandre Lambert get some nice ones, um, you know, along with, uh, you know, guys like Trey Wallace, uh, you know, Liam Clifford in there. Dante Cephas is starting to get some more touches. So I think it's been okay, but I feel like there's been times, I'm not sure if it's Drew, I'm not sure if it's them because we're obviously not the one uh, coordinating the offense, but it seems like there's been a lot of times where they've been a little off script and there seems to be some miscommunication of where they should be, uh, you know, between them and drew. So, um, that's something I'm looking for them to clean up. So that's why I have them at an A minus. How about you? Yeah. So I have them at a B plus right now. And, uh, the things that are keeping me out of a range is the drops. And I know that they've been kind of few and far between, but we saw a couple in the game against West Virginia. We saw a couple in the game against Illinois. Um, didn't really see any drops per se in the game against Northwestern or at least egregious ones uh, really just kind of seemed to be, like you said, some miscommunication between wide, wide receiver and quarterback. Um, but, you know, still like th- those drops, like especially the ones uh, against Illinois, like some of those were killer, <laughs> you know, coming yeah. out of the gates in the first and the second half. But, um, you know, I think the, and another like thing that I think is keeping me out of a range is just kind of like the, like, the depth and again i don't even think that's really necessarily like a fault of the of the group because like penn state has been so run heavy like the downfield shots like haven't always been there so it's featured a lot of like keandre lambert smith trying to get the ball to him in space and like being like okay like 
here you go, fast guy. Here's the ball. Now go be really fast. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> and you've got like Dante, like crossing across the field and stuff like that. Just trying to like get, uh, get what the defense is giving them and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I, I think like as we get deeper into the season and as the playbook is going to naturally just have to expand, uh, for these more talented defenses, I think we're going to really see like what these wide receivers are capable of. I mean, they're all very talented and very good in their own right, especially like with, uh, blocking after the catch. I think that's, uh, one thing that they coach very well at Penn State is like when somebody is like uh, like when the ball carrier is down the field, like the wide receivers do a very good job of blocking. So I don't think that can be overlooked. So, yeah, right now I'm like at uh, what I say, a B or a B plus. I think I was at like B plus. B plus. Yeah. So yeah. B plus for me. Yeah, I, I think those are are all good points. Uh, uh, but again, kind of for common theme, I seem to be just a little bit higher. Yep. Uh, all right, so let's switch over then to the defense. So similar to the offense, we will break this down by position, but for the entire unit, uh, what is your grade for the defense thus far? Um, the entire grade I have, uh, it's an A. Um, some people might argue with me that it should be an A+. Plus. Um, they lead the, the nation in turnover differential. I think they lead the nation in in yards, maybe. Time of possession, I think they lead. So a lot of good um, statistics that they're leading the nation in. Uh, however, that there's been times, uh, you know, that West Virginia game, they had a tough time stopping the run at times. So I would have liked to see a little bit of a more dominant defense, especially with a team that can't throw very well. So that's something I would have liked to see. And then there were times where um, we were missing tackles, uh, like that Northwestern drive when they got that one touchdown. Um, there was a missed tackle on a third and 16, so I believe. Missed tackles. Yep. Yeah. So the missed tackles are for me, what's kind of keeping them out of a plus territory. So that's why I have them at an a, but plus side, um, again, goes back to turnovers. So the turnovers for me, best turnover differential in the country, pretty much when the opportunity has been there, they've pounced every time. And like that gets me jacked up. Nothing gets me more mad than when we turn the football over and nothing gets me more jacked up than when we force a turnover because that's probably the hardest thing to do in football. Uh, so for me, that's why the defense is a solid A. Well said. Uh, yeah, I also have an A. Uh, this this defense um, has really, really picked up the pace uh, starting in week three. Uh, they are at times suffocating, chaos, reeking, like they just, you know, they, they've been able to like manhandle their opponents at times. However, there have been times like when the run defense slips up, there's been times when missed tackles rear their ugly heads. And there's been times when the opposing quarterback has been able to scramble for like 18 yards when the down and distance is like third and 15 mm -hmm. or something like that. So it's like those small little things that are keeping me out of a plus territory, similar to you. I think what's the really exciting proposition about this defense is that they're already like one of the like top three, top five rated defenses in like so many different categories. And there's still room for them to get better. So I think we can really count our blessings like with this unit because uh, like they're a big reason why Penn State is ranked as highly as they are. There's a reason why they are rated as highly as they are. And there's a reason why Penn State will they'll be able to, you know, stay in any game this season because of this defense. Yeah. So one thing I would say to almost play devil's advocate a little bit is they haven't had super difficult tests yet. So. Yeah, you know, right now they're kind of at the be the beginning of the school year where they're oh, they're learning a lot of stuff from like the previous year or whatever. And sometimes the stuff isn't like super hard. They're doing like a quick refresher, maybe. And, you know, you're going to ace that stuff if it's like a refresher and they haven't really gone up against a good offense yet. So that's something we kind of have yet to see. But against the, you know, mediocre offensives they've gone against, they've done really well. So, uh, for me, that's why I'm at that, uh, that a territory. That's fair. Uh, however, you know, one thing I will say in response to that though, is like, uh, some of their opponents, like some of these offenses actually aren't turning out to be, uh, so garbage as we once thought, uh, West Virginia is actually, uh, the only loss on their season so far is to us. And since then they have beaten Pitt, they've beaten Texas tech and they've beaten, uh, 
um, national runner-up TCU. So, you know, these these teams that they're that they were beating and even like with their quote unquote like subpar defense are like they're they're turning out to like not be as uh like bad as like previously predicted. So, you know, I, I agree with you. Like when you when you stack up like Northwestern, Delaware and you know, and even Iowa really, like when you're talking about I offenses and stuff, like that argument uh will always be there. So uh, However, right, so, do they do they really play defense in like the Big Twelve or the ACC? <laughs> uh, well, yeah that that is uh, the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> so, All right. well, uh, unless you move on okay. to positions, yep, no problem. Uh, so first, so I broke up the uh, defensive line into tackle and edge. So let's start with defensive tackle. What do you got? Uh, defensive tackle. Solid A. Uh, for me, they're starting to generate some pressure. Uh, they started off the season a little slow, but they've been really they have they've really gotten going recently. They've been on fire, lots of tackles for losses, a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I've been loving what I've been seeing. So solid A for me. How about you? Yeah, so I'm at B plus, and that's only because of like the slow start to the season. We really didn't know who was going to step up at the defensive tackle spot. Uh, Kaziah Izzard and Zane Durant have come on in a big way uh, at that spot. Uh, Devon Ellis has shown some really good flashes as well. So I think in the second half of the season, um, you know, if they continue to trend upwards, uh, that final score is probably going to be, or that final report is going to be an A. Okay. Yeah, I think they have good potential to kind of stay there. Maybe even for me, if, if they can get us, th- kind of carry us through uh, Michigan and Ohio State, for me, there's a good chance they might make that A plus territory. So we'll we'll see oh, how totally. they do. Um, yep. Uh, edge rusher, what do you got? Yeah. So for edge, I have a. Um, you know, I've loved what I've seen so far out of the out of the edge rusher so far. Chop, Adisa, and Denai Dennis Sutton. I think they are. You know, just like they are always hungry to get after the quarterback. They've shown it time and time again. And we are even starting to see some exotic packages uh, with the three of them out there. Uh, they harassed Cade McNamara um, yes. a couple of times. They ran NASCAR. that package. Exactly. Um, so it's just, so I, I really liked what I've seen uh, from them. Um, so yeah, I, I just have met an A. What about you? Yeah, I'm in agreement. A for me, the, the defensive line has been, great uh especially that northwestern game where our linebacker it it felt like our linebackers really didn't need to make that many tackles when your front four is pressuring the quarterback with just four four rushers and they're also racking up a lot of tackles uh that's positive um and they're also forcing turnovers they're forcing them into bad decisions now it did take a little while for the sacks to start to come so that's why they're at an a for me but you know overall really great performance from the defensive line yep all right, cool. Uh, so let's move on then. So we got the linebackers, LBU. Uh, what do you think of uh, Abdul Carter, Curtis Jacobs, and crew? Solid A for me. Um, you know, they're away from the A plus because they have missed some tackles. That's you know definitely been an issue. Uh, I think they'll. I think they'll get things cleaned up throughout the course of the season. I think during the bye week they'll get to do, you know, a lot of technique and drills on tackling. I think they'll. Uh, you know, not be like hurting each other in practice, but I think they'll really have an emphasis on that and the fundamentals and really being more disciplined in in their gaps and things of that nature. They've also gotten some turnovers this year. You've seen them get a couple interceptions for some fumbles. Uh, you know, that's what you want when you're linebacker, you uh, kind of keeping that tradition going. So for me, I got an A. How about you, Andrew? What do you got? Yeah, I also have an A. Uh, Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs especially have been so effective in some of those blitz packages. Um, they both have like a handful of sacks uh, to their name so far, including a couple of those turnovers like you mentioned. And I think that we've seen a lot of that depth uh, really start to show through um, with uh, Kobe King. He looks really good at the at the middle linebacker spot so far, mm-hmm. uh, backed up by Tyler Elston. Um, your guy, Dom DeLuca, has made some mm-hmm. really good plays um, at linebacker uh in and all special teams so far this season so i think overall that group uh has really done their job pretty well um haven't really seen like two like i would say like more of the at least from my eye the more of the missed tackles came from like the secondary um but you know i do know like the linebackers haven't been perfect but so yeah i'm in agreement i got an a yeah good stuff 
Uh, so moving on to the secondary, uh, where do you see the secondary for you? What, what do you have in that? Yeah. So, uh, we got the cornerbacks here to start and, uh, similar to the linebackers, I have them at an A. And, uh, the reason why I have them at an A is, uh, because of the nice equilibrium of the crappiness that is missed tackles, but the pure awesomeness <laughs> that is getting a shit ton of interceptions. Um, because if they, without those turnovers and with all those missed tackles, they'd be in like B plus territory. Um, and like mm-hmm. without those missed tackles and with all those interceptions, they'd be a plus. Um, I think that this, this group is, uh, is really solid. Just picking up like where they left off from last year. I think that, uh, you know, while the, the edge rushers are just so awesome in their own right, I think, uh, you know, you can't overlook the impact that the corners are having with like locking down their man, uh, to like create those opportunities, um, you know, force the quarterback to stay in the pocket a little bit longer and stuff like that. So for me, I have them at an A. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. That's a really fair grade. Um, you know, they're an A, um, lockdown you, they're called lockdown you for a reason. Now nothing's flying through the air. Um, you know, it, it's almost tough to believe that we're like, oh, yeah, Joey Porter's missing. Like we haven't like I've I've almost forgotten because Kalen has seemed to really just step up to to his spot. And then uh, you got guys like, you know, Johnny Dixon and Daquan Hardy that are playing at a nice level, too. So, um, yeah, a couple of missed tackles here and there. That's kind of keeping them from earning the the A plus. But I'm kind of optimistic that, you know, in a couple weeks here coming into October. Um, I don't know. We call it red October for the fills. I don't know if we should call it like blue October for Penn state or white October. <laughs> um, yeah. but I think that might be coming for, um, you know, the corners here. And then also another fun stat is since 2015, Penn state has forced the most shutouts versus, uh, conference opponents of any, uh, team in the BCS or a power five, I guess. So no team since 2015 has forced more shutouts than Penn state. And, you know, last year's defense, this year's defense, big part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I, those, those kinds of stats can't be overlooked. So, uh, really good stuff. So let's, uh, wrap up the, the secondary here with the safeties. Uh, what do you got from Jair Brown's old unit? I got an A definitely being carried by KJ Winston. I love how he's everywhere making tackles. He's, uh, you know, being where he needs to be just flying all over the field. Kind of reminds me of Jair Brown a little bit, how he just seems to always be at the right spot at the right time. And he's really leading that unit for me. So, uh, that's why I have that unit at an A. How about you? Yeah, I also have an A, um, you know, there's still some missed tackles, uh, some at, at times like with this group, but, um, you know, for the most part, I've been really pleased with, uh, what I've seen from KJ Winston and also from, uh, Jaden Reed, uh, coming in from, uh, for those, uh, safety blitzes. I think he's, uh, got a real good nose for getting to the quarterback. Um, and yeah, so overall, like limiting those explosive plays, um, you know, the safeties are a big part of that. So I also have an A. Yeah. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a, a theme in general for, for this team. Very good, but just a little bit off of that a plus territory that puts you into being a serious contender with Ohio state and Michigan. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we got offense, we got defense. So now let's go to special teams, uh, for the whole unit. Um, what do you got? (laughs) Whole unit overall. It's definitely been a mixed bag. So I'm going to go with a solid B. Definitely started a little slow with uh, Sander Shehaik. Um, but, you know, I think Coach Franklin made a good coaching decision. He switched to Alex Falcons very quickly. He stuck with it. Um, I think that's the right choice. Um, you have the turnover on the, on the kickoff. Um, that didn't help. Um, you also had uh, some good punting uh, from Riley Thompson, forcing some turnover, a turnover against Iowa, almost two. So it's been really a a mixed bag on special teams. You'd like to see them get more consistent, but overall a really solid performance. Um, There was also that one penalty where, um, you know, Theo ended up pushing their guy into our kicker, or I guess it wasn't a penalty because of that. Um, And there was some miscommunication there and our punter almost got drilled. So definitely areas to clean up. Definitely 
being more consistent with kicking uh, field goals. But overall, you know, not the end of the world, but um, definitely can be better. So I got to be. How about you? Yeah, I'm also at a flat B uh, because of like kind of the inconsistency. Like there's been some good, there's been some bad. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's uh, any like one part of the unit, you know, whether, you know, when it comes to like field goals, kickoffs, punt returns, uh, punts that, you know, you can say, oh, this has been like consistently like really good. It just had, it's just been like consistently not really bad. So for like all the reasons that you mentioned, um, I also have B. Yeah. Good grades. Um, so next do we have, uh, coaches, correct? Uh, well, do you want to break down special teams by like punter kicker and stuff like that? Oh yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, special teams by position punter. Uh, for me, uh, I have a solid, uh, a, I think it's really difficult to, uh, (laughs) pretty much intentionally punt a ball into, uh, one of their jammers. I think that's, really hard to do got a turnover off of it almost too. um decent punting all year not amazing not like the jordan stout of old but i've seen some good things mostly good things how about you what do you have for the punter yeah i also have an a minus um i think that riley thompson has been uh doing his job really well like you mentioned he had a couple of like you know darts in that game against iowa uh, which was uh, you know, a huge momentum booster for Penn State. What I would say that is kind of left to be desired right now is uh, just kind of that field flipping um, that we saw so often with Barney and Moore, like downing the ball inside like the 15 or down inside like the five. Uh, haven't really mm-hmm. seen that like too often yet with uh, with Riley. So uh, that's why, you know, it's kind of outside of that like A and A plus territory. But I still think A minus is like, you know, pretty solid. Okay. Uh, moving on to the kicker. What do you got? Kickers, I guess. Uh, for the kicker. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I have B plus, uh, because of the, you know, obviously everything got off to a really rough start with, uh, Sanders Sahidek. Um, you know, things, uh, obviously kind of leveled out and, uh, kind of solidified with Alex Falcons. Um, so I think he's, he's done his job really, really well. Um, you know, being seemingly really reliable, um, within like, 48 49 yards um you can really count on him to get most of those um so yeah i'm I'm at a b plus but it'll probably be like you know a by the time that the season's over now that we um have kind of uh you know settled on one guy yeah don't jinx it um overall for the position i i do have a b because uh you know saunders shahik did miss some early season field goals and i i do think that you know, he should be incorporated into the the overall grading. But if you're looking at just um, Alex Falcons, I got I got B plus. He's hit most of his kicks. He's missed uh, some some here and there. But um, overall, th- doing a really nice job. So got to be plus for him. Sweet. Cool. All right. So uh, punt returner. Uh, so this basically just focuses on uh, Caden Saunders. So what's your grade here? Um, I have a B minus. Not really any great returns. And then there was that that one kind of scary fumble. And then there's times where I feel like he hasn't taken the catch and then the ball bounces to like the five or the ten. And I just think uh better decision making can be made, but you know, no turnovers, hasn't been terrible, hasn't been great. So I got I got B minus. How about you? I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little higher here just because of the like lack of like disastrous uh, fumbles and stuff. Like obviously that was that one scare, but I have, I have it at a, at a B plus right now. Um, I think that, you know, he'll kind of like settle into this more. He's getting more, more looks and more touches uh, overall. So I'm at a B plus right now just because like there hasn't been like the explosive uh, run back yet, but there hasn't been like, you know, the crazy like you know, he's like dropped the ball literally multiple times. It's given the opposing team the ball at like the 30. Yeah, I think so too. It definitely has not been a disaster uh, for sure. So, you know, I could be talked into a B, but um, again, putting the ball in harm's way, especially that, uh, that one, it, it was a little wet. So it's definitely harder than it looks like. I think uh Caden Saunders is like still the guy that should have that job. And he's, you know, doing what he can, but, uh, you know, I do expect, uh, with his athleticism, I do think we'll see some, uh, some explosive kick returns in the future. So you have the opportunity. 
Very good. So we got kick returners. So this focuses mostly on Nick Singleton. What do you got? Um, B minus uh, had that one turnover that was that could have got things off to a, a really bad start. Luckily, the defense moved them backwards and they had to settle for a field goal. And then not really many big run run backs this year. So like really end of the day for me comes down to turnovers. So uh, B minus for me. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm also at a B minus. Uh, things haven't been like super wowing. They haven't been super disastrous um, except for that one uh, instance against Northwestern and everything like that. Um, so yeah, B minus. I don't think there's really much else to like say too much, you know, cause we just, there hasn't been like that many like big returns or anything like that to really like kind of grade these things on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to count Gabe Nawosu cause we didn't really talk about the, the kickoffs. I don't know if you want to categorize that as, as kicking. I think, I think he's done a really nice job just being consistent, kicking it into the end zone. So I'd have a solid day for him. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, he's been, he's been doing exactly what uh, Penn State has needed him to do and that's boot the ball deep. <laughs> yep. Uh, man, that must be like the best job. Uh, really just no pressure crap out of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no pressure of kicking the field goals. Like just, you got to kick it really hard and in a straight line and, uh, just be awesome at that. So he's done a really nice job and hope he keeps it up. Yep. Uh, all right. So we got coaching. So, um, you know, entire coaching staff, uh, you can lump in, uh, Franklin Diaz, uh, the, the entire group, uh, what's your grade for that group of guys? Uh, grade for me. I I might, I might go a plus here. I think think they've done a, a really good job getting the guys ready. I think they've for the most part picked the right players. Like I could be definitely be talked down to an a, but I feel like, a lot of the issues Penn state is experiencing aren't necessarily coaching issues. I think it's more of a players executing on the field with the issues that they're having. Wow. All right, cool. So, uh, I'm, I'm not as, uh, as high as you, um, I have them <laughs> at an a minus. And, uh, the reason for that is because, uh, like they've done a good enough job, like kind of crafting the game plan and doing all the things to put Penn state in a position to win. However, the, slow start against Northwestern for me cannot be overlooked. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that that's a matter of coaching. Um, and I just, you know, I, I like, I just think that like, if you're going to do these things like, Oh, we're going to like, you know, be, we're going to practice in silence and stuff like that. And all the, you know, to, to prepare for like, you know, the, the, the meek atmosphere of Ryan field and stuff like that at Northwestern. It's like, you got to back that kind of stuff up. And they didn't. And, uh, so to me, like, I, I can't really overlook that. I think Manny Diaz has been, has been really good. I think, I even think Mike Yurcich has been really, really good. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm just like at, uh, I'm at an A minus just because of like, you know, the, like the kind of the rough instances against, uh, Illinois. Um, I'm, you know, kind of at an A minus because of like the kind of the rough offensive stretch against Northwestern. Um, you know, so I think when you like kind of average all those things out, it's probably like an A minus, like bordering on A, but, uh, that, that's where I'm at, but still in yeah. a category. Yeah. I could be talked down to an A, um, but like there, there hasn't been like many instances this year where I've been like, oh, that was a bad decision. I would have done this. Like, I feel like for yeah. the most part they've, they would make all the decisions I would make. And I've, I've like, I thought some of the play calls are pretty good. And so that's kind of kind of where I'm at. So I, I, I guess I could roll with an A. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one the one that I would probably change is like running uh, the brotherly shove from the three. <laughs> That's like <laughs> the one thing that I would change because it's like we we weren't getting one yard with that. Why are we trying to get three? But uh, either way. So uh, so the fans. So the Penn State Nittany Lion faithful. Uh, what grade would you give uh, to like our our fellow fans? Fellow fans, in terms of like being the best fans, like loudest and most supportive, most passionate, A plus for sure. Um, I do see lots of beer cans like left over in the stadium. So for me, that might bring bring me down to an A. Uh, I think like because 
I feel like every time I, I've gone, I've been like picking up like extra beer cans just to like try and help out a little bit. I'm sure it's like that at every like stadium, uh, you know, that serves alcohol. But so I, I have a good A. Uh, Beaver Stadium's been rocking this year. We had our fourth biggest crowd against West Virginia. We had our second biggest crowd against Iowa for the whiteout. Our fans ball out. They are awesome. Uh, super loud, uh, creating a hectic environment for opponents. Uh, making it really hard to win in Beaver Stadium, so we're doing our job. Uh, so I, I got a good, good AA plus. Sweet, yeah, I'm at A plus here. Uh, Penn State has uh, Penn State fans have shown out in a big way this year. Uh, you know, even against teams like Delaware, you've got over 105,000 people uh, showing up for those games, um, and that just really speaks to like the love that this team has for this team and the excitement around the team and stuff like that. Uh, so, I mean, there's that, um, you know, just, the day we got thunderstorms too later. Yeah, in the day. exactly. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and even in like inclement weather, uh, during the day, um, in the lead up against Iowa, everybody was out tailgating in force. Everybody was still wearing their white. They weren't letting, uh, the weather or the fear of rain stop them from like showing their white for the whiteout and stuff like that. So that like level of commitment, the number of people that like showed up, just the energy that we saw all game long, especially in this most recent one against Iowa. Like I, I have to go, I have to go a plus. Like I, it's, it's been, you know, a hot minute since I've seen like the entire group in such a fervor. Yeah, I agree. Like it's definitely been a super high energy to have like out of the, like two, we've only had like three home games this year and to have two of those games be top four all time in total attendance just Crazy. shows that our fans are showing up. They're passionate. Uh, they're bringing their a game. So I absolutely love it. It's, it's been well, prob- probably my favorite year in the stadium that I can recollect maybe outside of like the year we won the big 10. That was wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this has definitely been one of my favorite years being a, a Penn State fan in, in the stadium so far. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess that uh, kind of does it then for our report card. So we'll do this again at the end of the season uh, to kind of wrap up the, you know, the entire season's uh, performance. But that's uh, where we're at. So, you know, I don't think we need to elaborate on this too much, but. I guess, you know, if you were to sum up some of the points that you mentioned during this uh, report card as like as far as what you'd like to see Penn State improve on in the second half of the season, like what are some of those points? So I want to see the offensive line be a little nastier uh, in the run game. I really need to see that because if you can get Nick and Catron going. This could be a college football playoff team, so that that's a big thing I want to see. Um, I want to see better communication amongst, uh, you know, the receivers and drew, I think, uh, that's something they got to get cleaned up and, um, you know, learn to recognize what the defense is doing and and what route they're running and, uh, going through those progressions. So I I think that if they can get those two things kind of locked in, I think that's going to help out the offense a lot and defensively getting more discipline with the tackles. Um, I also want them to be really physical on the defensive line because, um, you know, winter is coming. Like you got the big, bad Buckeyes in the shoe and your defense is going to have to be lights out. So um, definitely want to see that. And then want to see them doing what they're doing in the turnover game. I want to see them not turning the football over, creating turnovers on defense. That's one of the, the biggest statistics that leads to success on the football field. So those are things I'm looking for along with um, consistency in the kicking game. Uh, I think that's really important to add in as well. So that's what I'm looking for. Uh, How about you? Did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. Uh, Yeah. The, for me, the biggest thing was uh, on offense, the rise of the explosive plays, especially the explosive big runs. Um, I think so much of that is going to hinge on the offensive line. Just, 
getting a better push, uh, being nastier, like you just said. And then on defense, uh, just better tackling overall, just like shoring up the tackling. Mm-hmm. Just You can't be giving up those missed tackles uh, when you have the chance to like, get a guy down for you know third or fourth down um, when we're playing the big dog. So got got to shore that up. Um, and also, you know, I know that like this is, like these are so few and far between, but I just cannot freaking stand giving up like a third and long conversion on a scrambling QB uh, when you've got them like in a death grip. Like, so figure that out, like get the rush there, do whatever you have to. But yeah, so I, I don't think there's like two, there, like the funny thing is, is like, we're like, we're, we're trying to be like hypercritical and like analytical about this whole thing, but there's really only like a couple of small things that at least from our vantage point, they need to do to like really take this up a notch. Yeah, I agree. Like the talent is definitely there. I I think the, uh, the coaching staff has these guys in the the right mindset. I think they're really on a mission this year. And I think that, you know, for the most part, they're bringing that, you know, each and every week. Uh, I think in terms of like the offense kind of being slow against Illinois and Northwestern, uh, I think a lot of that's kind of miscommunication stuff, not necessarily like effort stuff. So I, I think they're trying, but they're just not executing. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited to see how the second half of the season rolls. And this weekend's going to be a little eh, blah. You know, the temperatures are dropping back down to what you like. Um, yeah, but we and we don't have college football, but in the future next week, uh, I see good things on the horizon. So, uh, you know, definitely going to enjoy this uh, next two months of football. Yeah, very good. Uh, all right. So uh, should we move on to Penn State Roundtable? I know you had a lot of a uh, lot of stuff to share there. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to start because um, I texted you this during the Northwestern game when things weren't going so great early. And I said, at least the, the cross country team showed up because I love my right. distance runners. So there was some big stuff happening in the Lehigh Valley, um, you know, just outside of Happy Valley. So there's the uh, the Paul Short Invitational, and uh, both the men's and women teams performed very well there. The women got fourth out of 44 teams. The men got fifth out of 43 teams. They've moved up in their the Mid-Atlantic region rankings. The women are up to third. The men are up to fourth. And Evan Dornkamp, has done something really great that has not been done in a long time. He got seventh place um, at a relatively small meet here at the uh, Penn State or the Harry Grove Spike Shoe Invitational. That was a relatively small meet. He got seventh. Uh, but our All-American Miler did something that a Penn Stater has not done since 1996. So it has been equally as long um, since Dallas has won a Super Bowl, and we had an individual win the Paul Short Invitational, which is a big deal. Um, I've raced this in college a lot. Um, our team was um, ranked highly in, at the Division II level, so we were fortunate enough to be able to compete against all the big dogs at the D1 level. You know, if there is a meet you can win outside of postseason, so outside of, you know, conference championships, uh, regional championships, national championships, and you are on the East coast. Uh, the Paul short invitational is, is one of the biggest invitationals, uh, on the East coast. I know there was one year we had teams from like Oklahoma coming up, Tennessee teams from Canada would come up. I'd be like, where's the university of Guelph from? And they had some really (laughs) good runners coming down from Canada to do this, this invitational. So this is like the biggest invitation on the East coast and to have a Penn Stater win it, um, I think is awesome. And then also in the, the unattached race, um, Brian Nicola, who's, uh, he's, he's a freshman and he's red shirting for some reason this year, but he, he's awesome. He was the PA state champion in the, in the two mile and he ran a, an eight forty eight to win the state championship, which I think is just absolutely insane. Uh, he pretty much ran my 1600 meter time twice like stupid fast. Um, he, he finished second, just, uh, got out kicked by a guy from Stony Brook. And I, ironically, I think they both went one, two in that same order at the high school meet that year. It's also a big meet in high school. So I never ran there, but really awesome to see, uh, you know, Evan Dorn camp peaking 
um, right before a few, <coughs> a few weeks before uh, postseason is going to be on the way for the cross country team. So that was a big deal for me. Um, seeing them be successful. Uh, men's soccer climbing up in the rankings. Uh, on Tuesday, they beat Howard 3-1 to one at home. Women's soccer, they're up to number four. They're still undefeated on their season. Uh, last Wednesday, they tied Michigan uh, 1-1 to one at Michigan. Uh, women's hockey had a little bit of a, a tough weekend. They they lost uh, to UConn 2 nothing, And then uh, I think they, yes, they tied on the second game. So... Uh, two ties and a loss. Uh, women's volleyball getting on a hot streak there in the the top fifteen rankings nationally. Uh, they swept Illinois. They also beat Minnesota three to one. Uh, so the women's volleyball team is kind of getting back on track to their winning ways. I feel like it's almost the opposite last year, where they would beat a lot of these out of conference teams and then struggle in the Big Ten. And this year, it almost seems a little bit reversed. They're doing really well in the Big Ten. So good to see them doing well. Men's swimming beat St. Bonaventure 211 to 89. The women's swimming team uh, beat St. Bonaventure 212 to 86. Then you had uh, women's soccer had a nice win at Michigan State. They won three to one. Field hockey had a tough loss uh, this weekend at Maryland. They lost four to two. Uh, they're ranked number 11th in the country, so hopefully they don't get knocked down uh, too much in the rankings. And then men's soccer, um, tying number 13, uh, Michigan State, and a draw, 0-0. Um, so those are some things that happened in Penn State sports over the past weekend. Um, some things we have coming up on the horizon, women's field hockey on Friday. They'll be home against Ohio State at 5 p.m., and Women's hockey is going to be at number three, Colgate. They're ranked number 11 in the country. That will happen at 6 p.m. on Friday. So if you're in New York, check that out. Women's volleyball is going to be home on Friday, 7 p.m. versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, women's swimming will be home Saturday at 11 versus Navy, along with the men's swimming team. Men's soccer, big noon kickoff. Uh, we love those. <laughs> uh, we got <laughs> men's soccer. Uh, Versus Indiana, Jeffrey Field, noon on Saturday. So we got a big noon kickoff. Uh, women's hockey will also be playing on Saturday at number three, Colgate, 2 p.m. Women's volleyball on Saturday will also be home versus Ohio State at 6.30 p.m. So we know we got Ohio State on the horizon. Hopefully we can beat them in field hockey and uh, women's volleyball to kind of set the tone. And also starting off their season, uh, first game of the season, we have men's ice hockey. They'll be at Long Island University, where they'll take on the Sharks on Saturday, 7 p.m. The Sharks. The Sharks. (laughs) So that'll be fun. Uh, Men's golf, they're going to be in Tennessee for a golf tournament, so that'll be cool. On Sunday, women's soccer, another Ohio State match. So hopefully these are uh, positives and precursors uh, for Penn State doing well. Uh, Sunday. They will be hosting the Buckeyes at 1 p.m. at Jeffrey Field. So a lot of good sports coming up. I think we'll stop uh, stop it there because we'll be recording by uh, the time the next week rolls around. So if you got some blues, uh, you're feeling a little down because there's no Penn State football weekend. Definitely some uh, some sports you can uh, catch out at the uh, Penn State athletic facilities. Yeah, very good. Uh what would you say is like the juiciest matchup? I think um, the big noon kickoff uh, against Indiana. I think that could be pretty good. And then women's are volleyball. Are they actually labeling it as big noon kickoff though? They are not. That was just me because um, I'm oh. always complaining. <laughs> I'm always complaining about the big noon kickoffs. That's a, that's another thing that really grinds my gears. Having these big noon kickoffs um, so early in the day. Cause I, I like to like kind of get up, enjoy my morning coffee, go for like a long bike ride or something, and then kind of go sloth mode and, and watch football after that. Um, so I, I hate having mode. to, I hate having to be like in a rush in the morning. And then like, cause you know, obviously the, the later I get the, out the door, you know, the less time I have to do whatever activity I want to do before I relax and watch some football. So definitely a hater of the big noon kickoff. It needs to be, you know, Thrown into like the, 
it needs to be like thrown into the pit of misery. Whoever came up with that idea. <laughs> and that's where that person needs to go. The pit of misery. Um, dilly dilly. Uh, don't want to see them anymore. So hopefully some of the new TV deals next year will, will be beneficial uh, just for my enjoyment of, of college football and watching Penn yeah. state. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, all right, man, you got anything else here? Um, that's about it for me. How about you? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, looking forward to kind of picking things back up next week, uh, with UMass, uh, we're going to have our usual preview pod like we normally do. Um, you and I are going to be, uh, tailgating and attending the game, uh, in person for the second consecutive game. So that'll be awesome. All right. Um, that's, it's a three thirty game. So we'll have, uh, ample time to hang out and tailgate, uh, before that one. So we will, uh, we'll talk more about that then. Yeah. Uh, before we head out, any, uh, non Penn state football games you're excited to watch this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I would say, uh, a couple that I have my eye on, um, Mizzou and LSU. I mean, Mizzou has, uh, come on, you know, pretty strong this season, uh, been kind of a nice surprise. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, got the red river, red river rivalry, uh, between Texas and Oklahoma. There's some extra spiciness there. I know exactly. Um, (laughs) game day uh, too. some extra uh, spiciness with the, uh, with the sec commissioner coming to that game. So, Wondering if uh, we'll see some like executive fisticuffs between <laughs> the commissioner of the Big 12 uh, with the commissioner of the SEC for snaking his teams out from his conference. But nonetheless, uh, so we got Ohio State and Maryland. I mean, I, I think that game will that game has more intrigue than what the rankings suggest, because, I mean, Maryland is unranked, but Maryland has, is undefeated so far. Uh, they've looked no one's pretty been solid close. against. Yeah. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, I think they might be able to give Ohio State a good test for like a portion of that game. Um, be interesting to see. Uh, you got Georgia and Kentucky. Kentucky has uh, had a really good season so far. Georgia has looked strangely vulnerable, um, you know, throughout like different portions of this season so far. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, and the last one on uh, my list here is... Uh, Notre Dame and Louisville. Louisville is uh, also undefeated, I believe. Uh, they look mm-hmm. pretty solid overall. Notre Dame is uh, obviously ranked number 10 uh, coming off that last second victory against Duke. Uh, so, you know, another uh, ranked matchup for them there. But what about you? Are there any that I uh, didn't say that you're particularly interested in? Yeah, uh, Jeff Brom's doing a good job down there in Louisville. It's like you get a Big Ten coach and, and see what happens, right? Yeah, uh, they start playing some good football down there. So I think another cool game is going to be the Little Brown Jug. I think uh, I mean, that's a fun rivalry with Michigan and uh, Minnesota. I think Michigan's going to steamroll them. A um, couple that you missed. Uh, I think North Carolina Syracuse might be a, a decent matchup. They're four and Syracuse is four and one. You got Bama at Texas A&M. Uh, A&M's actually having a decent season. They're four and one. You also got number 13, Washington State, who's undefeated at UCLA. They're 3-1. I think that'll be a good matchup. Red River, Red River rivalry, like you talked about. I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, I might actually be watching that game uh, during the noontime. Either that, it'll be... I might I might watch some Ohio State to get some recon on them. That way, I'm, I'm uh, amply prepared uh, when we talk about Ohio State. So, Ohio State, Maryland... Looking forward to that because I think Maryland's kind of uh, sneaky good this year. They've beat us twice since we've been in the Big Ten uh, over the past, uh, I don't know, like 10 years or so since they've been in the Big Ten. So, you know, Maryland's not always bad. And I'm I'm a little bit in a dis- disagreement, though, with Mizzou, though. I do think LSU is going to uh, really curb stomp them uh, in Missouri. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, ESPN, uh, like with their FPI, um, like prediction model, they say LSU has like a 70% chance to win that game. So you might be right. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's just kind of the talent differential is just, uh, too much there. Uh, Wake Forest Clemson could be good. Clemson's had some, uh, you know, close losses this year. Um, so for them, I'm sure their fans are disappointed, but they've, they've got some national championships. So like, I don't feel, uh, too bad, uh, for yeah. them. And then, uh, 
you know, kind of scrolling through here, see if there's anything else that's good that I might have missed. Because uh, we want our fans to know all of the best games. But uh, yeah, I think I think those are the big ones. I think we hit them all. So, uh, you know, anything uh, our fans can do to help us out here at the pod? Yeah, so I'd say the uh, biggest way to help us out is uh, go and check out our website at nittanyblues.com. You can listen to all of our previous episodes there. You can also find a link to our merch that's at shop.nittanyblues.com. We've got a couple of really awesome designs here for the 2023 football season. Uh, So go and check those out. other than that, uh, leaving us a five-star review is always helpful, and you can follow us on all forms of social media at either Nittany Blues or Nittany Blues Podcast. But Vince, uh, take us home, my man. Yeah. If you want to support the pod, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review so other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. See you next time.